Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Mike Miller, your host for today. So I'm sitting here getting ready to come on the air and something just looks funny in front of me. And I wasn't sure what it was and I realized, oh, there's no microphone. (laughs) I should bring the microphone off to the side and put it in front of my face instead of off to the side. It generally works better that way. Anyway, so we're here to help with some financial planning. And we've got a somewhat sad but very important topic to talk about today talking about how you get that dreaded call, and for me it's usually in the middle of the night, and you find out that a loved one has passed, uh, and for years sometimes before that, it's those calls you get in the middle of the night saying that something's happened to that loved one. They've fallen or or they've had some kind of other health issue. They're rushing to the hospital or they're just taking care of them at the nursing home or whatever the case may be. It's one of those calls that you just don't want to get. And we know we're all going to get one, and someone's going to get that call about you someday. And so one thing I want to talk about, and this came about, uh, I want to talk about you know, preparing for those days and preparing your financial life for those days to make it easier for somebody else to, to finalize and take care of the the proper transition of your assets to the where you want them to go, whether that's a charity, a ministry, whether that's your family, or a combination of, of the two. And what precipitated this, some people ask, you know, where do I get the, the ideas for topics for talking money? Of course, there's a myriad of them out there. And they came about because a few months ago we had a newsletter that went out from Ronald Blue Trust to the clients, and it talked about the homegoing packet and homegoing process. And one of our clients uh, called me up and asked if he could get a copy of the packet. And I'm sure we've had several that did that, but this was the first one I recall that had asked for the packet. And I thought, well, you know, I bet some other people out there would like to see that packet, even if you're not a client of Ronald Blue Trust. So I said, and there's some great information in here that we ought to know, some information I even need to work on. I'm, I'm far from getting everything in order for my own estate plan, my wife and mine. And, and we'll be using some of this information ourselves just to help get things even more organized. But it's, it's very important to do. I thought, okay, radio listeners need to see this and hear this information as well. So as a follow-up to that document, back in July of this year, uh, Ronald Blue Trust put together a document, and it was entitled, uh, the article was entitled, What to Do When Getting Your Estate Together. And so it talks about the avoid the common estate planning missteps, missteps, and we'll be go- reviewing some of that stuff today, as well as reviewing the actual homegoing process and homegoing packet, which I'm going to offer to you as a free electronic giveaway. And we'll get your email address and have you send that in to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com, and you can ask for homegoing, and I'll know you want that packet. It's about a I don't know 30 page. It's a very long document. I don't see how many pages it is, but it's a, it's a lot of pages. Uh, it has information there that you can even spell out for you and and your spouse if you if you're married, and you can put that separate so because each of you obviously could have different desires when you pass on. But I've had a lot of different situations over the years that also helped me think about the difficulties that there can be when someone passes away. So I've had had clients who've passed away and the the widow came in and the a person who deceased had money in different accounts all over town. And the surviving spouse didn't have any idea where they all were. This one person kept it all in their head. And unfortunately, for something like this, you get statements at least once a year. So 12 months later, you'll know maybe what all the different accounts, where they were, how much was in them, and so forth. 
but it makes it very difficult when somebody is that elusive and keeps all that stuff in the head. Another one had even worse case, probably real estate. They had a lot of different smaller, uh, inexpensive uh, rental homes all over the place. I mean, everywhere. And really wasn't managing them very well. So the debt was too high and, and would spend money he didn't have to, to buy more real estate because he'd love to buy real estate. And you can go too far with pretty much any kind of investment that, that you could make. But they also, they didn't know where it was, who the, who the renters were, where the real estate was. It was a real problem. Uh, had one lady that call, called me, used to go to church with years ago, and she called me a year ago, I think it was, and said that, uh, wondered how, if I knew anybody that could, um, crack into a computer. Uh, her husband was a computer guy, very paranoid about people breaking into his computer, so he changed his password all the time, but unfortunately didn't tell his spouse what those passwords were. He assured her, that he had life insurance and that it would not be a problem and she would have money to live off of. Well, he passed on and she's trying to find that life insurance policy. Can't find it. Can't find it. Can't get in the computer to find out. So there again, that's one of those, assuming he doesn't have a PO box that nobody knows about and he has information going there, then she should get a statement within a year that shows what's going on with that. Maybe it's a invoice for a premium payment, something that's going to let her know what's going on with that particular um, policy, if there's if there's one out there. And I haven't heard if she ever found it or not. I did what I could to help. But there's a lot of information like this that we, we just don't think about. And when you're the one that gets the call that says, okay, your loved one has passed away, and, oh, in case you didn't know it, you're also the personal representative on that account, and now it's going to be your job to try to pull all this stuff together Oftentimes at the last minute, and certainly with the funeral arrangements, when we used to have funerals, but now with, with whatever you're going to have as a memorial service or eventually when we have funeral services again, and you're the one responsible for putting all that together. You're not sure what to do. You're not sure what their wishes were and so forth. So it, it just is um, a very good gift to give to your family members and whomever else that you might have that is going to be the one taking care of these situations for you. To have this this information organized, to know where things are, how to get to it, how to pay for it, a lot of things like that. So and nobody wants to think about the day that they're going to pass in this life. I mean, I, I guess you you would be considered strange if you really enjoyed talking about that. But we all know it's going to happen. And like I said, someday you're going to get that call about your parent. I did. So about uh, coming up on nine years ago, got a call about my father passing away. He'd been sick for about a year. Leukemia and lymphoma. He was 86 when he passed away in, in 2011, December of 2011. And then about five months later, my, my mom had a heart attack. And fortunately for our family, the, the, some years ago, uh, we've had many discussions with my, my dad. He didn't have a lot. Uh, he was a retired minister, so he didn't have a lot. Uh, he was with the Grace Brethren Church for years and years, and there's not, uh, too many around here of that. I think maybe there's one in Anderson still, but there's no Grace Brethren churches around here. But the, he had everything set up in a living trust. He lived in Florida, so that's it's even more of a necessity for those who live in in states like Florida who have a very onerous probate process to have their information in the living trust. So he had living trust. I was real proud of him because after my mom and dad had both died, then everything was in the name of this trust. I was the trustee, so I came down there. Since I was out of town, it was nice to have everything done. So within a week, we were able to essentially get things wrapped up. 
And but not everybody has the same experience I have, and not have the same resources to lean on like I have to get some of those things quicker, uh, more quickly. And and unfortunately, even I had some issues because I went to the bank, and the bank down in Florida, the branch in, in Florida, didn't understand what I was trying to to do. They didn't understand the difference between me being the trustee of the trust and being a beneficiary. And they kept coming back with that question to me and said, well, aren't you a beneficiary? I said, yes, but that's not what I'm asking for. I'm the trustee on this account. So they I, they never did get it. Um, but fortunately, that same bank, when I came back to South Carolina, I went to the local branch. They look it up. Uh, matter of fact, even I called the 800 number when I got back to their house. And the 800 number even looked at it and saw me on there. And my brother was on there, too, as a backup one of my brothers, and when I got back into town, same thing. They looked it up, said, okay, yep, you're on the account. Sign a few forms. You're good to go, and we could start settling the estate uh, and, and much easier with a living trust. In South Carolina, it's not as bad. Even even Georgia North Carolina is not as bad as it is in Florida from what um, my experience has been to have a living trust, but uh, it depends on what your situation is. We like to work with estate attorneys who give you the option. They don't always do a living trust. It's not. It's, you probably can't go wrong with a living trust, but you spend a lot more money setting it up. It might save you money at the end when things uh, are, are finalizing and doing those kind of things. When we get back from the break, I'm going to talk about some common estate planning missteps, uh, name of the right executor, uh, keeping documents current, all those kind of things. We got of all that to talk about, but I'd really love to hear from you if there's something that a loved one of yours did. And maybe you have done for the benefit of the loved ones who are going to take care of your state. There's something that you have had done or had uh, your loved one do that made it easier. And that's a wow. It was just really nice when they did this. And I'd love you to share it with uh, me and share it with our listeners. So just send an email to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. When we get back from the break, some uh, avoiding the common estate planning missteps. We'll be right back. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust Advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or one 800 5887526 that's 1-800-588-7526 now back to talking money and we're back this is Mike Miller your host for today talking about estate planning talking about what to do when getting your estate together of course prior to you leaving this earth and none of us know when that is god has not told us that which is very fortunate for all of us, uh, we just soon not know what that is, I think, unless you can guarantee that it's uh, you know, far enough out and that you'll be healthy for that length of time. Maybe that would help. 
but there's an article that's put together what to do when getting your state planning uh, state together put up at Ronald Blue Trust back uh, just in July this past year. And it goes along with, in, in my opinion, it goes uh, very well with another document that's the home-going process or home-going packet. So I've got a electronic version of that. It's a, it's a very organized piece that helps you walk through all the different things you need to make decisions on before you die or that someone else is going to have to make those decisions for you if you don't tell them what your answers are. Uh, after you die. So in order to keep that from happening, I'm offering this home-going packet to you. So you can just send an email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com, mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. So if you listen to this uh, live with me today and on Saturday morning uh, from the studios of 94.5 WGTK, or if you're listening as a podcast on one of the many, many ways that we have of listening to Talking Money, Either way, you can still send me that. Just ask for home going, and I'll know what that is, and we'll get an electronic copy of that. You can print as many copies as you need, and then go through that with your spouse or other loved ones and get uh, get yourself organized. And I think it will be a great, uh, great gift. So talking about avoiding some common estate planning missteps. So naming the right executor or personal representative, that would be one of the first common missteps that people make. You need to pick someone who is going to have the time, is going to have the financial knowledge, or at least can work with somebody who does. And that's one thing about working with an advisor uh, like one of us at Ronald Blue Trust, that we've gone through these before, and the person you pick doesn't necessarily need to know all this. They just need to know who does, and and you have confidence in that, that person. Um, so I had a client just a few weeks ago when uh, we had lunch together. He's been a client for probably 25 years. He's about ready to retire now, and he was telling me about the main reasons that he came, that he hired me to begin with. Well, 25 years ago when it was just me and Leon in the office, it was that he, he trusted us, and he wanted his wife to have someone that he had complete confidence in to help her if something were to happen to him. So he said, I just, I really hired you as insurance. Uh, I really feel like he could have done a lot of financial planning his own, but he didn't have time to do it anyway because of his position. Uh, he ended up getting to be pretty high level in his company and the a lot of stress that comes with just taking care of all that and that he appreciated us being there, coming alongside of him as his personal CFO, uh, that we could help him do a lot of these kind of things. So the executor doesn't need to, to know, have the financial knowledge, but certainly has to have the the wherewithal and the connections to work with the, somebody who does. Um, patience is a good one because of all the different things going on with interpersonal relations, interfamily relationships. Uh, I think that's important. Uh, just all the interpersonal skills that just are related to that. If it's somebody that no one gets along with in the family, it's probably not the best person to name as a personal representative or executor. Uh, you just call executor, executrix. Uh, you can have a combination. So people ask me about that quite frequently. Should I have... You know, list all my kids as personal representative because they're thinking, oh, I don't want to offend one of them because they didn't get named as personal representative. And I tell them, well, if you were my parents and you were asking me if I wanted to be the personal representative and I felt comfortable with one of my brothers and sisters doing that instead of me, I would say, no, I'm not offended at all if you give them the job because it's it can be work. Uh, and as long as that person is going to be honest and although the, the probate court and other court systems can come behind them to help make sure that they're doing it the right way. Sometimes you just don't know if they don't, um, 
if they're not transparent on what the and open about what is what the assets are, what the amount of cash there is, all the different accounts there are, you know, well, you end up taking their word for it unless you want to go sue them. So it's very important that the person you pick is someone that that people respect, that's honest, and he's they're, they're going to be someone who is very open about everything. They're impartial. They need to be impartial to all beneficiaries, even if they are one of the beneficiaries. So like I, I mentioned earlier, so I was the the trustee for my dad's living trust, my mom and dad's. When they passed away, um, my my uh, siblings, my sister, my three brothers, they all uh, had confidence that I was going to do it right. But I went overboard and shared with them everything. And, of course, they don't know for sure I'm sharing everything. But I put everything down there that, okay, I didn't have to. I could have said, well, here's your share. But I listed all the accounts where it's coming from. And he was giving a lot of uh, his estate, high percentage of it, to other ministries to help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that was my dad being a pastor and 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 something he felt like he should do, even with his uh, fairly modest estate. He did that as well. So now if you can't find anybody, if you don't have, not find anybody, but you just don't have that confidence in someone who's going to do the right kinds of things, then you might need to pick an outside person. It could be a friend. It could be a family member. It can be a, a trust company. So Ronald Blue Trust, we're now a trust company. We can handle those kind of things. There's there's more certainly fees for that. Well, that can be fairly reasonable for what you're trying to accomplish for that. But if you're just concerned about that not being done correctly or being done impartially, certainly you can use somebody at Ronald Blue Trust. And, and we're real pleased that now even Ethan is a backup. So that clients can now use us. You know, most people that we talk to, they want their spouse to be the 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 trustee if there's a trust, a personal representative. But then they need to name somebody else if that spouse is not able to do it. Maybe the spouse predeceases you, and now you need somebody else to handle that. And oftentimes, as a child, they 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 are comfortable ha- handling that information and those processes. But if you're not, then Ronald Blue Trust can always be put as a backup. And then myself or somebody else on our team is the one that uh, you would be working with to have those. We have the trust departments up in Appleton, uh, Wisconsin, but we're the trustees. But we're really going to be acting almost like the trustees, getting approval by the the legal trustees. But we're going to be the ones who are the main liaison for your family and your spouse to work with while um, you're going through all that process. So it can be uh, can be a it's a very important position to name. Just be careful and don't name somebody just because you think uh, they're going to be offended if if you don't name them. Some people are they they don't know what kind of work there is to go with that job, so they they may not want it. And that's another reason to have a backup. So in case the person gets in there and says, "Whoa, I can't," or maybe the person you named does live out of town, and it's really going to be hard for them to handle your estate when they're out of town. But you've got another child that's here in town. Maybe they can be co-executors, but if you have co-personal representatives, co-executors, whatever you want to call it, uh, then they both have to agree. And sometimes that doesn't happen with siblings, as you well know. It doesn't happen. So you you got to be careful how many you name there, especially if you think about naming more than two. All right, second common misstep would be keeping your documents and beneficiaries current. So your documents, so assets that you own, you want them titled correctly. If you have a living trust, make sure you put them in the name of the living trust. I'm in the process of doing some of that for myself now. Still have a little ways to go, but uh, working on it. And uh, you, you can say, okay, well, my 
ownership is joint. So I, I own everything jointly with my spouse. So I don't really even need a, an estate plan. I don't really need a will, anything like that, because uh, it's automatically going to go to the surviving joint owner. And and so who, who who needs the will? Well, first of all, if both of you die at the same time, then they still need a will because who's who's going to get the assets at that point in time? There's there's no one because both joint owners have passed. So there's definitely reasons to do that. But make sure you have the ownerships named correctly that they and they're integrated with your overall financial plan because you're like I said, your ownership on the joint property bypasses the will until both of you are gone. So is it really how you want that, especially if you're joint owning a property with uh, someone that's a non-family member or a non-spouse family member? Is that really the way you want to set that up? And then with your with your uh, beneficiaries, uh, don't just assume they're set correctly or, or try to go from memory. Actually get your documents out and see and uh, look online. Many of them will show you online who your beneficiaries are as you want to make sure that that's set up correctly as well. All right, so we're going to continue talking about uh, how to how to make sure that people get the right stuff that you want to give them. We'll be right back. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust as the sponsor of Talking Money. As a trust company with clients in all 50 states, Ronald Blue Trust can serve as trustee, backup trustee, or even personal representative, what we used to call the executor or executrix. This can be a valuable service, especially if you'd like to pass on your values and not just your valuables to your heirs. Your heirs will probably have one of two perspectives. Either they will say something like, what am I going to inherit, which is usually the common perspective, or they will ask, what is going to be entrusted to me? What talents will I be responsible to manage? Tim Kimmel, Director of Family Matters, said it well. Quote, you can't leave character to your trust account. You can't write your values into the will. You can't bank traits like courage, honesty, and compassion in a safe deposit box. What we need is a plan, a long-term strategy to convey our convictions to the next generation. Unquote. Estate and trust planning are about much more than saving taxes or simply making sure your assets get transferred efficiently to your children. You can find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-PLAN. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. Well, that was certainly a timely pro- promotional ad there for talking about estate planning is more than just passing your valuables. It's also passing your values. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com and go to the archives of radio shows and click on estate planning. And you'll come up with an interview I had with the Ronald Blue Trust CEO, Nick Stone Street. And that's what the conversation was about. It was passing your values not just your valuables, but it's important also to to pass those valuables, and that's what we're talking about today is is how to do that right. We talked about the common estate planning missteps, and I talked first about naming the right personal representative, nice uh, the right executor, keeping your documents and beneficiaries current. One thing I didn't mention and should have mentioned first off, and that it doesn't really matter about naming the right executor or personal representative if you don't have a will. You better get your will first because that's where you're going to name that personal representative inside the will. 
And we just know a lot of people who don't have wills. Statistics will show half of people listening today don't have one. Actually, you have one. It's one that the state that you're in has written one for you. So if you like this, the the way the government operates and you like the fact that they they wrote your will for you, then, uh, okay, you're fine. If you don't like that, then you better write one yourself or have the, the attorney write one for you. We encourage you to use a good estate planning attorney, not just any attorney, but a good estate planning attorney. We've had several on Talking Money before. You can find those with um, the, with a quick search as well. On the, on the Talking Money radio site. So, so get that uh, will done. We think it's a very, very important. So we're talking about beneficiaries a little bit, keeping in mind that when you do, what makes it even more important to name the right beneficiary is that it doesn't go through your will. So your will may say you want certain people to get certain things, but if it's an asset that has a beneficiary, so it's a life insurance policy, it's an IRA, it's a 401K, it's an annuity, something that has a named beneficiary, it's not going to go through probate. It's going to go directly to the beneficiary, whomever that is on there. So, and if and if it's a minor, then what do you, what what happens? Well, they won't get it until they are of the age of majority, whatever that is in your state, eighteen, twenty-one. Then they'll they're going to get that lump sum money, and that maybe not what you want. So, make sure that you understand how those beneficiaries are, uh, how they're named, and to make sure that they're exactly who you want integrated with the uh, state planning documents that you have. All right, another thing that people don't do is, is specify who will receive certain valuable items. And we're talking about everything in your personal belongings, but some of the more valuable items. So maybe it's jewelry, maybe it's uh, a silver set, maybe it's special china set, maybe it's a, a gun uh, collection. It's you know who knows what it might be. Other mementos that you have that are just important from an emotional standpoint, not necessarily valuable, you need to be clear who gets that. And especially if you think there's going to be any kind of, of disagreement on who should get it. Now, when my folks passed on, all my brothers and my sister, we got together and we put all the belongings in the in the um, uh, dining room, just put everything on, on the tables there. There wasn't that much. And we just went around uh, taking turns, who wanted what, and and. And when you ended up with all the stuff that nobody wanted, so okay, do you think any of the grandkids are going to want this, or do we go ahead and give it all away? And and so it would have been nice to have some kind of list if there was any particular items. I don't think there were any in, in my family's case, but there there oftentimes are individual items that you want to make sure goes to a cer- certain person. And well, we've all heard stories about somebody putting masking tape and putting it on the bottom of the tables, or putting on the on that particular item and saying putting the name of that person on it. And of course, that's susceptible to fraud. There, if one child says, oh, "I know where that is. I don't want that. I would rather have this," and you move the tape when nobody's watching. Uh, so, in in order to avoid that kind of confusion, there's a simple document, and then you can make up your own. It doesn't have to be official like this. But the memorandum to dispose of certain Tangible personal property is what we call it, but it's just a personal property list. On one side is I devise to or I give to, and the second column is the item. And at the bottom, you just date and sign it. It doesn't have to be notarized. It doesn't have to be witnessed. I would put it with your will, with your documents, but it just identifies who you want to get what. And so as as I've used the story in some of my workshops before where if someone uh, is elderly and a great grandchild comes to visit them and they really love that visit and so grandma says you know you've been so special 
to me and visiting me like this. Uh, when I die, I want you to have this special um, diamond earrings. And the the granddaughters, oh, this is so wonderful. Uh, grandma gave great grandma gave me this. Well, then um, two weeks later, because uh, great grandma has uh, some uh, memory issues, uh, another. Uh, grandchild great grandchild comes to see her and spends some time oh and she's so happy that they spent that says i and she tells them look i you've been so special to me i want you to have this set of diamond rings well she already gave that to some a different grand, great grandchild two weeks ago but she forgot it and who knows how many times she give that same she would give that same set of earrings away and then when she dies all these great great grandchildren can come in and say, "Yeah, it's legitimate. She told me it was mine." Well, several of them were would would be able to say that. So, in order to avoid that kind of confusion, you you make this uh, memorandum and you just put on there who you want to get what, and you put it with your will document. And and one of the nice things about that it doesn't have to be because it doesn't have to be witnessed or notarized. You can change it. So, if one child grandchild starts misbehaving or doing things that you don't want them to do, you can, well, you just take them off, change that list and make up a new one so that then they don't get that anymore. You don't have to go to the attorney to pay any money to get that done. So it's a nice document. It's legal in South Carolina. It's it's um, something the personal representative is is uh, legally supposed to use and uh, and go by your wishes. I've heard of, I even heard of one family that there was only two of them. There was a brother and sister. They took all the different personal items they, and they divided them best they could into two different stacks. And then they, they let, um, you know, one of them choose the one of them that divided in the stacks. The other one is the one that got to pick which stack they wanted first. It's kind of like when I was growing up and there was one piece of chocolate cake left and there was two of us. Which would be rare that only two of us wanted that last piece. But say, and mom would say, okay, one of you cut the piece. And the other gets to choose the piece of the one that they want of the ones that were cut. So you would never see a, a more accurately or evenly cut piece of cake in your life because they, they wanted to make sure that the other one didn't get a bigger piece of cake. So we're funny growing up, right? And sometimes all those, those uh, some bad memories will come to light and all those uh, ill feelings can come back. After a loved one, a parent has uh, passed away. So don't put every item you own in there. Just put on the things that you think may be um, the most likely to have some disagreement about who's going to get what and use that memorandum. You can even have a family conference. We've had that with a number of clients of ours. And then, and then sometimes that just helps. You can, you can kind of weed that out ahead of time with, with you still there. And so that's an odd thing to do, but it's it's something that I think it's very valuable and can help that. Uh, and discuss your plan with your beneficiaries. Uh, as much you don't have to give numbers, but at least let them know what you would like done so that they can get this done. And then you make your wishes known. The article says uh, so. Your your the home going plan uh, plays an essential role, uh, especially during some of these uncertain times. So taking an active role is is and planning ahead is a great gift. So the, the funeral, a memorial service, and this document that I'm offering to, to send to you. I've already had some people that requested it. I checked the email real quick during the break. If you want this home-going process, and we'll talk about this uh, in the last segment, I'll go into more detail about it. The home-going packet is uh, an organizer for you and helps come up with the questions, remind you the questions that need to be answered hopefully before you die, or that somebody's going to have to answer even after you die. If you want that document, go to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. 
There's no spaces or periods. Just Mike at Talking Money Radio dot. There's one dot dot com and request home going. And I'll send you the electronic version of this document. It's a very helpful document. I think you'll you'll find it very, very helpful for you. Um, but but when you get to the funeral service and like uh, example I gave to my parents, everything was paid for from them. They, they had things uh, written down pretty good. So it, it made it for an easier time. To do that, so do you want flowers or do you want donations? Maybe it's a particular charity, um, any particular music you want, any particular musicians you want to include, uh, any particular passage of scripture, maybe some poetry, other readings. What do you want done? Who do you want to be pallbearers? And those are, these are questions that people need to will need to answer after you're gone. And maybe you have a certain request with that. Now, one of the, one of the difficulties with this and why it's important to keep it up to date is you may. Like in my case, okay, so I, maybe it's going to be 20, 30 years till I, till I pass. If, if the, uh, law of averages come out and I don't have some of the health problem that, that, uh, or an accident that would, uh, send me to glory earlier than that, that you do that now, but the people you wanted to, to do the ceremony or to participate with the music or something, they're not around anymore. They're not doing it. So, that that's why you may need to have some backups even on that. So we'll talk about burial arrangements and things like that. But I want to I want to spend the the rest of the time to talk about the uh, the process, the home going process document that I'm offering to you listeners today, or as uh, podcast listeners, you're welcome to get it too. The home going, just put home going in the subject line and send it to Mike at Talking Money Radio. Dot com Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. We'll get that document out to you sometime uh, next week. We'll get to that and send it all to you. And then you got the, the real work is then getting it ple- completed, which uh, is very, very important to do. Don't just get it and leave it as an attachment on your email. Print it out and actually put it down there and start doing something with it. Very important to do that. All right, so 877-235-9405 if you've got a question for me. Or if you would be willing to pass along some advice or some uh, information about something that maybe a loved one of yours did at uh, when they passed away that you thought was a really uh, important or neat idea that you would like to pass along. Maybe you're going to do it when you pass on, and we'd like to have you share that with the rest of us as well. Just send an email to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. We'll be right back. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust Advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or one 800 Five eight eight seven five two six. That's one eight hundred five eight eight seven five two six. Now back to talking money. All right, I just did a quick check email, so I have quite a few of you 
asking for this home-going document, so uh, that uh, I think it will really be helpful. If you've not uh, sent in your request yet, send it to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. Just put home-going in there, and we'll get that to you next week. So what, what precipitated this is some years ago, uh, I have a letter here from uh, Russ Crossan, who at that time was Executive Vice President of Ronald Blue Trust. He's now the Chief Missional Officer. Maybe he's still Executive Vice Chairman. I'm not sure, but anyway. Uh, he wrote the, the the cover on this document. You'll see it when you get this document. But it says, in the fall of 2009, I went through an experience that rocked my personal world. On October 9th, the night before my second son was getting married in our backyard, my youngest brother, age 49, died of a sudden heart attack at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Over the next 48 hours, I was thrust into not only a wide range of emotions, but as my sister-in-law's advisor, into a lot of decision-making in areas that I had never considered. Because of that experience, Ronald Trust has created a new service called our home-going process. And then this is attached to this packet. He says, I realized during the process that I went through that many of the decisions I had to make could have been made better in advance. And that would have reduced some of the stress and anxiety during what is always a difficult time. So a couple things to point out here. One, his youngest brother, he was only 49. So um, I mean, I'm already behind the eight ball on that because I'm past 49. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's something that uh, is important to do no matter what age that you are. And then we had one question that came through that I'll follow up. So um, uh, Earl sent this question, a text of the question about using a POD, a payable on death, sometimes called a transfer on death. Uh, taught and trust, I think, is the official name for it. So this is similar to uh, the answers on beneficiaries. So if you have a beneficiary, it's the same as the payable on death. So the payable on death is a document that essentially adds a beneficiary like for your life insurance or your IRAs, adds it to a non-IRA type of account. So you can go to your bank account and you and your you and your spouse can be joint owner and you could have a payable on death to maybe uh, the children and divide it up that way. So it is it's a good way to help if if it fits in your estate planning process, it's a good way to bypass probate for that particular asset. There again you just have to be careful to make sure it it, it ultimately puts the money where you want it to go. But that's essentially what a payable on death or a transfer on death is. That uh, and so it can work. We've we've advised many clients over the years to use an account like that, uh, depending, especially if it's a more simple estate, not to worry about uh, probate at all. And you have another uh, text question, Paul? I do. Uh, the question is: Is putting assets in S corp a way to distribute uh, to a state or di- distribute a state? I should say. Um, a simple answer would be no. So S corporation, I mean, you can have assets in there, but then that's, that brings up a whole different, uh, dynamic when you use an S corporation. So S corporation is a flow through document, uh, somewhat similar to a, an LLC from the tax standpoint. Everything flows through. So you can have assets there, but then when you pass, then you're going to have to give the stock to someone and then the stock is going to have to be transferred. I wouldn't say that's the simplest way to to put that. Maybe there are certain assets. I've not really even considered that before and had it come up that somebody would use a document, a an S corporation to to put assets in and make that an easier way to do it is then you still have to have the the stockholder uh, to be able to pass on to the heirs that you want it to. I would think it'd just be I don't think there's any there's not there's no kind of tax advantage. As a matter of fact there may be less of a tax advantage because when you when you give an asset directly to someone, uh, there's a step up in basis. So perhaps the S corporation would get the step up in basis, and the assets inside the S corporation would. So you might have the same effect there. But it sounds to me like it's just uh, adding 
a layer of complexity to it. But this interesting question, and we'll pass it on to some of these state guys, that state planning attorneys that we we talk with. And if any of them listening today, they can reply to me and, and see what they think about that. But um, and Alan Cox, and our our uh, Atlanta national office would be good to ask this question too. He's been on Talking Money a number of times, but uh, I would think it's, it's my first reaction is it's probably a layer of complexity you really don't need to to put on there. Uh, that's the, that's it. Text. Okay, good. All right. So, uh, remind you again if you want this homegoing process document, uh, homegoing packet, send uh, an email to Mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. Or you can always call the office if you don't want to to, to send the text. Our phone number at the office is eight hundred five eight eight seven five two six, and then you could leave me a voicemail or just leave a general voicemail on the office uh, phone line, and they'll get that to me, and, and so we can get that uh, document to you. So this document is essentially going to help you walk through the process. So they've got, it's got five reports on it, and it uh, talks about things like determined who the decision maker is for funeral, uh, review deceased written wishes, uh, contact. These are things that you do in the first few days after someone passes away. So I'll give you some context here. Um, and of course, always the recommendation is avoid making any uh, hasty long-term decisions um that um that really you want to wait until you're a better sound mind to make those kind of decisions um and then you got uh, contacting the funeral home you got um the security none of the keys and all those kind of things changing alarm codes uh, the obituary is an important thing uh, there's information about that uh, requesting the death certificates uh, keeping a record of flowers and assistance from others so they can be thanked later who thinks about things like that and documents where all the documents are uh, that's when the first few days, uh, we have another text come through. Okay. No phone call. Uh, okay. I don't see any phone calls on the line. So let's, uh, Lisa's not showing up here. So send them on. Through. I'm here. Oh, there Hello. You are. Okay. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Welcome to talk to you money. <laughs> Thank you so much. I have already have set up, um, family trust. It's just me, family trust. So this is the, something that I remember when we had it set up right at the end the lady that did it said now all these things have to be done within um, five years because I just understood that if I didn't get all that done in five years if I died then um, it wasn't going to be in effect is that one of the things Okay, so you have a family trust. What were the kinds of things that was this an attorney you talk about that said that need to be done within five years? Well, not exactly. Okay. It was a trust. I think like a trust company that y'all y'all have. But okay. the problem is with me is for some reason or another, just because I'm a procrastinator, I did not have all the beneficiaries uh, change to family trust. So okay. now um, I can definitely do that, but I was just concerned that, you know, I'm going to have to live longer. I can't die soon or it's not <laughs> going to be in effect. Yeah, what, what kinds of things did they tell you that you needed to get done within five years? Um, to change all the beneficiaries, like um, I'm just going to say this, whether or not this is the Social Security, the retirement, the house, the insurance, the Merrill Lynch checking account, the Bank of America bank account. 
Um, okay. So, so I'm, yeah, so I'm not sure what the five years uh, was all about, what specifically that was for, but I think most of those things, if not all of them, are things you'd want to do right away. I mean, uh, there's some... There's some tax ramifications if, like for instance, if someone dies in their IRA and you're the and the spouse's primary beneficiary and they have a contingent beneficiary listed on there, but the spouse's primary. Well, if it, if the IRA stays in the in the deceased person's name and you don't go ahead and transfer that to the to the beneficiary name, then mm-hmm. then and that and then the spouse dies. And it's still in the first person's name uh, as owner. That's some that's some uh, very sticky wickets, as they would say. So I would think, just from a from a timing standpoint, don't wait five years. Get get all those changes done. That you, I don't think there's any legal requirement for you to get what you need done in five years. But you'd want it done certainly sometime before you die. Otherwise, it's not going to be any good. Right. Well, just to make it clear, no. The the lady said, you know, I needed to have it done immediately, yes. which I did not do. So once the five years are up, if they're, you know, if it's not done, then it's, everything's going to be null and void. That was my concern. Okay. Yeah, I've not I've not heard that. That'd be another question. I'll I'll pass along to uh, to Alan Cox and Atlanta and see if he's got some other information for it. But uh, we're about out of time now. But thanks yeah, for the call. We'll, we'll check on it Thank some more. You. All right. Thanks for the call. If you want this home-going process uh, packet, then please send an email to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. We'll continue some of this uh, next week along with some other topics that I want to make sure we cover by then. But Mike at uh, TalkingMoneyRadio.com, home-going process, and we'd love to send it to you. Have a great weekend. Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested.